Welcome back. Last episode, we talked with Jansu Akarsu and Rosie Patterson about their work with Laredal Medical and how the strategic partnership between the NLN and Laredal supports nursing education. Today, we return to discuss current and future nursing innovations. Thank you for joining us. So, you know, I want to go back to something you said earlier, John Sue, about really the pressure um, that nursing education is under with regard to preparing ready nurses for practice. Um, and when you when we talk about that, and I, I heard you say, you know, that there's a shortage of nurse educators and there's just we have to do more with less. Um, and there's such a tremendous demand from the practice side to prepare enough nurses, right, to take care of our communities. I think these innovations and solutions are helping to, will help to solve, like support some of that challenge. And I'd also like to talk about how also a shift to competency-based education can can even more, in in a much bigger way, support some of these challenges in education. Because when you talk about CBE, um, I think there's a shift in the teaching pedagogy that it's more teacher, like teacher has to do and teacher has Mm -hmm. to give versus the learner has to do and experience. And there's more room for this learner self-assessment and peer collaboration and peer evaluation and assessment. It doesn't always have to be the teacher is the evaluator. The teacher is the assessor. The teacher is the you know, the one who imparts all the knowledge and wisdom of how to be a nurse, right? I think we have to change our thinking um, in that learners bring a lot to the table and how we as educators can support and refine their development into a nursing profession. With that being said, I think me personally, right? I think CBE is one of the big solutions to help that shift. Um. I think a lot of other people are, are are thinking so too. I think some people have some questions. Some people aren't really sure, like, what is CBE? So I was wondering if you could describe a little bit about how you see what CBE is from your perspective. And then maybe some, we can also talk about some innovation around CBE to help move nursing education toward that direction. Yes. So competency-based education is an outcome-based educational framework. It will emphasize learners' development of competencies, and it's more about demonstration. It could be a demonstration of um, knowledge, skills, and attitudes. And the assessment, it's almost like a natural part of everyday life of a student in competency-based education. It's not something that happens at the very end. It's really happening throughout the program. I want to I want to say also, you know, some formative and summative are blended a little bit more and uh, it's through various modalities. So I think that also speaks to the need to not only do one type of assessment, but multiple different ways, multiple different environments. And what I really appreciate about um, competency based education is that learners are in the power of their progress. And of course, to do that they need a lot more rapid feedback loops. So the assessments are not necessarily just to you know, assess, but also give feedback, rapid feedback to learners so they could really steer their progress towards 
uh, being that uh, professional that they are intending to be or educated to be. And more of that the deliberate dumb, practice yes. model, right? A little bit more of that deliberate practice. Absolutely. You're doing and redoing and getting feedback and redoing and doing and getting feedback continuously, right? Yes, yes, yeah. absolutely. And maybe I could also ask Rosie to contribute here with, you know, how we at Lairdal address different modalities of learning, because it's really um, when we come and suggest solutions to competency-based education, it can't be just, you know, one method of assessment. So Jensu, thanks for asking that question, because I think you're right. It's more than one thing. It's many things combined. And at Lairdal, we believe um, it's important that we can help our um, customers and those directors, deans, faculty members be able to shift from knowledge acquisition to application, as you said. And we have a plethora of tools and solutions. For example, vSIM, which is virtual simulations, you know, the patient cases that were built with the NLN with certain objectives is one way. And that gives immediate feedback to your point about feedback loops continuously. You know, the things you did that were very well done, the critical steps that you missed and then missed and then that remediation to get that student right back to, oh, I get it now. Let me try that again. We also have VR clinicals, which is a step above anything we've had before, which actually, you know, in three year three and four for the nursing student, they're going to be faced with multiple patients and how you triage and how you organize um, your priorities and patient load, because you're not going to be put in a situation where you've got one patient, you're going to have multiple patients. And so the VR clinical application that was co-developed with the LN and Walter's core is another fascinating way to have a move toward competency-based education for the student. And um, we also believe that patient simulation is another way, a great way to assess students' competence development. We have a system called SimCapture that will actually streamline your simulation evaluations, provide data, performance, and quality improvement of your curriculum. So we have many ways of working toward competency-based education. And lastly, we have a system called Resuscitation Quality Improvement, which was designed for uh, quality CPR. So, so very uh, real-time coaching for compression depth and ventilation and um, really muscle memory and, and, and exercising good utilization of what it takes to be able to provide quality CPR and resuscitation. So those are just some ways and some of the solutions that we have that have built-in feedback mechanisms, data, and outcomes for faculty to be able to move toward competency-based education. And we're so excited as we evolve toward this to be able to offer these solutions. You know, that's great, Rosie. And each of those different um, solutions and different, there many of them are in, even in different modalities of experiential learning. They, I think what's really important to note, um, having been, you know, working with, with your teams um, to develop these solutions in some part, um, that they, they are also, they can be leveled. Right. Yes. They can be leveled first semester, second semester, third semester, and 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 even into practice, you know. And and I have a particular interest in that transition to practice gap. And these solutions, if if integrated well and throughout a curriculum and not just a one and done, not just a, you know, you miss clinical, do this activity, um, 
you know, these are really intended to build and um, help that learner move the needle. That needle of which is there is information and feedback to them that they are growing and learning and and becoming the competent nurse, right? That is ready for practice that we can hand over to our practice partners to say, this person can is, I almost said entrustable. That's medical language. And I, I have thoughts about that too. Entrustable for our community to provide care. Um, and nursing, I do hope is moving towards you know, can take a page out of medicine's book. Mm -hmm. Um, Medicine has, you know, they worked very hard and maybe are still working hard to move towards competency-based education. um, And they have created entrustable um, professional activities, right? Your EPAs. And I think nursing um, will probably be moving in that direction as well, where, you know, a nurse in order to function independently in the scope of their practice has to do these things, right? And then, so how do these teaching modalities multiple opportunities across multiple courses help to move a learner toward that picture of I'm ready. Um, I can show you right now when I, when I graduated, I was not ready, (laughs) not ready. I I figured it out with a lot of help, but I was not ready. And that was scary. And it felt terrible to be honest. (laughs) You know, one of the things that I, um, as you were speaking, uh, came to my mind, Time sequential learning, uh, low dose, high frequency. We at Lairdall fully believe that is the way to stay, you know, relevant, competent, confident. And we have some early indicators from some of the early adopters of RQI and nursing schools. And we've got students that are now in practice and we've got saved stories. And it is, it means so much to hear how much these programs have meant and they've carried it forward into practice. And they are, you know, they don't think twice about if there's a problem, I'm ready to, I'm ready to have an intervention and I can perform high quality CPR because I just trained two days ago and they don't hesitate. And that is, you know, when moments count, that's what you need is someone who doesn't hesitate. And so these are just early days. And I think that we have so much more we can do together in that regard. Well, you know, I think I, I, this just excites me. And I really am excited about the NLN and Lairdall partnership and its movement um, towards really, I think, helping to support nursing education and in, in moving towards a, a CBE model um, that really provides a, a ready practice nurse, right? Or a, <laughs> a nurse ready to practice. Um, so with that being said, um, or do you have any last thoughts you want to share about the future um, direction of this partnership or, or you know, innovation? Because um, I also want to transition to our rapid fire questions. But before we do that, I just want to know, are there any other um, thoughts about the future? Yes, I would like to share a few thoughts as well. So, um, I mean, in our partnership, uh, we have now a focus towards competency-based education and what I really want us to do is um, enable that sustainable implementation so that we can show and document the benefits of competency-based education in the programs. Mm-hmm. And it's given, of course, when we talk about even now in the future, the use of data, the use of artificial intelligence to enable more um, effective implementation of competency-based education. But um, I also want to acknowledge that doesn't end with education. So 
Um, I mean, it's really to connect the continuum between education and practice. So first of all, of course, it starts with meeting the demand out there, not closing the doors to everyone uh, who wants to study uh, as a nurse. So enabling the schools to take in the students, every student who wants to become a nurse, but even during the studies to keep them engaged, to keep them in school. So we work with, of course, the dropout, but also afterwards to keep them in the workplace to help them find the right job and to keep them in practice. And I don't want to underestimate that, you know, it's not only about giving clinical experiences. It's not only about the uh, building uh, or preparing for the worst. It's really about ensuring a better work environment for those nurses. And at Lairdal, we never uh, even attempt or claim to do any of this on our own. And it's really with our partners, both the NLN and what other partners NLN brings to the table that enables that transition of better acknowledgement of nurses um, that are in practice as well as in education. Well said, John Sue. Thank you so much. It was a beautiful, beautiful way to wrap up our conversation. Um, thank you both. I do want to share some of our rapid fire questions. I think they're fun. And um... so if you were to write a memoir, what would you title the book? John Sue, were you hiding? Oh. <laughs> I I would write it about uh, participatory leadership. It's coming from uh, participatory design that I'm very familiar with, but that I apply every day in my role as a leader right now. So it would be a little bit about that. If I wrote it now, <laughs> maybe it will change over time. <laughs> that is beautiful. And that participatory design and what I've and, and what I've read so far is what is also connected to third space professionals. These people that can function in these very diverse environments um, to innovate. So that's really cool. I, I would read your book. So write it, John Sue. I'll I'll buy it. Only if you sign it. <laughs> uh, Rosie, did you have a memoir? I you do. I do. I am a, um, a very optimistic person by nature. And so the title of my memoir would be The Best is Yet to Come. Because what we have established so far in business and in my personal life and the afterlife, the best is yet to come. You know, each day you take it as a present. And when you... Focus on what's in front of you and not look behind you or so far ahead that you forget the present. We've been given a present today, right? We're not guaranteed tomorrow. So the best is yet to come. And um, that's what I always write about. I, you know, oh, that's that's amazing. I try to center myself and be present every day. I also fail every day at it because I'm always thinking, well, I should have done this and I need to do that, right? But this pre this kind of grounding ourselves in what we're doing today and it's it's all we have is the present moment so thank you um what is on the top of your reading list your reading list for fun right now oh for fun you didn't say that <laughs> oh well so this is selfish just because I always need like more ideas on what to binge watch in Netflix what yes. to read so it's selfish <laughs> Oh, I, I think I only read for professional developments. Like, seriously, it's uh, I actually have one in my list in my Kindle uh, to be opened. Uh, but it was a recent recommendation. 
It's called What's Your Digital Business Model um, by Peter Whale and Stephanie Werner. And uh, this is from 2018, but it still applies so many principles uh, to what we can we can experiment today. And on a fun side, I have a I have a, a series waiting uh, on Netflix. Uh, I just started the first half of it uh, called Blue Zones. Um, yes, I'm, uh, it's a good one. Living, yes, it's a good one. <laughs> so if I hadn't fallen asleep in the middle of the first one, it is really <laughs> engaging. I don't want to <laughs> say, but like I'm a mom of a, a toddler, so I do fall asleep uh, often randomly. So. I know I have to choose books where I can only read like a paragraph at a time because, you know, you do, you get tired, you fall asleep, but uh, I will write that down that Netflix show. So thank you. Well, I have one for you. Yeah. Um, I love to read for business and I'm like Jansu, but I did, my husband knows this about me. He's like, that's all you do. That's all you do. So I'm buying you a book, but I didn't know it until I got home one day and there it was. And it was called Y'all Eat Yet? And it's by Miranda Lambert. And it's a cookbook, but it's a story of her life and how she grew up and and how these uh, recipes came to be from her relatives and so on and so forth. So it's a very fun book to read. There's comical pieces of it that remind me of my mother and my aunts and grandparents. And and then there's some good recipes in there, too. But I very seldom just pick up a book for fun because I am so focused on, hey, I need to I, I need to get to be a better person and I need to study about you know, business models and and ways to encourage and lead and build other leaders in our company. Because honestly, we are not helping ourselves if we don't build others and bring them along. If all of our focus is on us, we have really shortchanged the world. So I have to balance myself there. It's amazing. And I'll share another book with you. Um, It's called From Scratch. I don't know the author off the top of my head, but it's a very beautiful, true story about an actress that married an Italian chef. Um, Yeah, it's really beautiful. And in the back, um, well, the whole story talks about many different, um, because an Italian culture centers around eating naturally. So the back of the book has all the recipes that you kind of find throughout the story. It's really good. It's very sad, but it's it's really good. Okay. Um, What is your favorite quote? Oh, I have one. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. That is good. That is good. I have one too. Go for it. <laughs> this is from our founder, Osmond Lerdal. If we can create value for the society at large, economic benefits will follow. So it really speaks to the true mission-oriented business that we're in, uh, in our company and the values at Lairdal. So I think we're both, Rosie and I are <laughs> very loyal, you know, <laughs> and this really speaks to why we're here. Yes. Beautiful. Just Great. lead with your mission, lead with your values, lead with your mission and everything else will come. Beautiful. Um, and if you could have dinner with one person dead or alive, who would it be? I would pick my grandfather because he came from County Cavan, Ireland, and he passed away when I was just two. So I didn't get to meet him, but my grandmother from Ireland uh, spoke with such an Irish brogue. I just recently went to Ireland and did a tour across the country, and my next stop is the Italian side. So I had another set of grandparents come from Italy, but my grandfather, 
I would want to meet him. I would want to ask about my dad and all of the things he did as a kid. Um, and I really want to get to know him. Beautiful. Thank you. What about you, John Sue? Um, well, I had something a little uh, funny, but I have something actually more meaningful now. <laughs> That's I heard Rosie. <laughs> um, I would like to have dinner with my daughter because I just want to cherish every moment. She's three years old. And I mean, who else would I want to spend uh, an evening with? So uh, that's why I want to spend time with her. It's beautiful. Although it's very messy at times. Because I've had dinner with a three-year-old, a few of them. And um, it's usually like in their hair and on the floor. <laughs> and yeah. Yeah. But it's fun. Beautiful. Well, thank you both so much. Um, I sincerely valued every moment of this conversation. Um, it's just inspiring, I think, to hear how um, here are our different avenues, right? Our past that have brought us to um, the ability to collaborate with one another in such a mission-driven and sincere way to make change. And I think that's exciting and I it fires me up. So thank you. Fills my cup. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. Thank you for joining us on this episode of NLN Nursing Edge Unscripted Surface. We hope you join us next time. Until then, remember, whether your water is calm or choppy, stay connected, get vulnerable, and dare to go beneath the surface.